1: Coming up on On the Mark with yours truly, Mark Carmen, we do our Father's Day tribute to kick off the show. Ethan Blumenthal is here. Ashley Young joining in. That is going to be a conversation that you will enjoy. Then we go to Jason Jones, comedian and actor, followed by Jasmine Wimbus joining me to talk about Anthony Davis to the Lakers. Christian Laettner weighs in on Zion Williamson. What impact will he have in the pros? The NBA draft coming up this week. And then Andrew Vaughn, third overall pick in the baseball draft of the Chicago White Sox, out of Cal. He is on, on the mark, today with yours truly, Mark Carmen, which starts right now. So Father's Day just came and went. Happy uh, Father's Day to my amazing father, 1925 born Papa Fred, ninety three years old. He's complaining about his appetite being gone. I threw some uh, crab biscuit in front of him. He scooped it down. Then he went for the chocolate ice cream. Had himself a little seafood platter. So I think I did my, you know. We got to
2: get him on the podcast.
1: I, I gotta be honest. I wrote the most heartfelt card ever. Like when your dad gets old, you want him to, you know. I, I wrote how much, uh, you know, I appreciate. I mean, I put it all in there, mm-hmm. and he just read the card and put it right in the sleeve. <laughs> <and doing that. laughs> I'm like he didn't and, shake
2: it for like money uh, see look, what's in there
1: i'm like nothing come on and so then as we're walking out i, I said to him you,��,�� any reaction to the card he's like "It was, it was really nice really very sweet thanks Aww. that's it any of the good parts of me came from him and whatever else i threw in there and i was so proud to be his son mm-hmm. and uh, and just and and, and does mini- Min- he write
2: those in your birthday cards
1: no, I mean I get I get a uh, he, he puts the date. He's big on the year. He wants yeah, to know. My what, parents do that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and happy birthday, love, Dad. Here's twenty bucks. Appreciate it. I mean, it's very oh. nice and sweet. But I mean, I want. Did heartfelt. you give him twenty bucks? I, 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 I didn't. See, <laughs> I thought <laughs> you just wow. said the best parts of <laughs> your been dad. Full circle, yeah. man. You know.
2: He's like I taught you to put a twenty in yeah. that card. Right,
1: and I I didn't follow through. It's a good point. Uh, all right, Ethan. So we got I know we got sports dads that we're about to uh, yeah, tackle. here.
3: Absolutely. So here's what I'm going to do. I'd like to uh, like. I'm gonna name some, some sports dads and some, some some dad moments in sports, okay? Okay. And you guys are gonna rank them on a scale from uh, LeVar Ball to Coach Eric Taylor from Friday Night Lights. If you don't get that reference, Carm slash uh, as a Do dad moment. Do not get moment. the reference.
1: I get the reference, but I'm not like a
3: huge Friday Night Lights fan. Kyle either. Chandler. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Everyone's come on. a fan. Are yeah, you kidding. Yeah. Um, so if that's not a good enough ten for you, then the ten is going to be Kevin Costner playing catch with his dad uh, in Field of Dreams. Okay, that's, a, that's, that's a good ten. That's a good, ten. That's okay? a good ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah I,
1: I would go. Can I? I mean, can I Coach throw my Taylor own ten town. out there? Like James Jordan hugging uh, hugging Mike after uh, Championship Number
3: One. Is that cool? You, I mean, see, so you're, you're jumping. You're jumping the gun here. We'll start with uh, Richard Williams, father of oh. Serena and Venus. Love them. Um, he raised, you know, coach, you know, the best uh, tennis player of all time. And then like, w- a, you know, won a top five, whatever you would consider Venus. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's got 30 combined grand slam titles, which is actually 30 more than, you know, my dad was able to coach out of his three children. Right. Um, so what do you guys think? Where, uh, where does, where does Richard Williams rank?
1: You see, he's, he's not friendly and he's, he's super gruff, uh, and, and, and Serena and Venus. Okay. But
2: do you want a friendly coach? Friendly coaches don't make champions. Um, I'm right. I
3: mean, this is about a dad. I mean, he... Are we you know, grading to raise... his parents'
2: skills or his coaching skills? I think...
3: I mean, I, I think this is I a mean, father's I day. I, We're grading I, him as a father, Do I we think.
2: know what he's like behind the scenes? Is this a fair segment? To <laughs>
3: so just um, pass judgment. I think that it is fair. Yes. Okay. I'm we'll the judge, them. and I, I think judge he's pretty it up fair. there,
2: Carmen. But you seem hesitant to praise. No,
3: I, I give him a nine and a half. I nine give and a half. A nine and Whoa, a half. On the Coach Taylor scale of yeah, perfection. So here's the thing, remember nine Karin, remember how scales were great? If once you get to a nine and a half, you really can't go much higher than that because you know the ten. That's the highest we got. I'm, that's I'm, that's, I'm, that's Coach Eric Taylor. That's Kevin Costner playing catch with his dad. Now you're telling me he's, to reduce He's literally dead. Okay. His dad is dead. We can't, we and he can't comes be like generous. back to life so he can play catch.
2: Yeah, stay focused.
1: Well, yeah. but you're asking me to basically downgrade Richard Williams No, do you he, just think he's No, no, no. I just want to make sure that you 10?
3: understand the gravity of he, what you just said.
1: He took ju- he took two. African American kids from Compton, Los Angeles, to the top of the tennis yeah, mountain—the greatest I agree. women's tennis player of all time. Followed, and by the way, if Venus hadn't uh, had some injuries along the way here, she might have been better than Serena.
3: So I think it's gonna be real hard to top Richard Williams. So I'm gonna stick with my nine and a half. Damn it! So moving on, we'll go to um, you know how we started how we started the show, uh, Levar Ball uh creating a shoe brand, right? And then mm-hmm. right now Alonzo in this whole thing where they had to go away from the, the big baller brand because he entrusted it into someone who was a criminal, got him in all his financial it problems, happens. took out his two sons to go to play pro ball, took him out of school, Took him to Lithuania to play pro ball, um, and then just overall being an obnoxious human. What do we guess? What do we think?
2: Okay, I have a hot take on Mr. Lavar Ball. So give me your score, and then I'll do a deep dive. Uh,
3: I give Lavar Ball a two. Uh, I. I- LeVar Ball... By the way, we started this. The scale is a, on LeVar Ball to Coach Eric Keller. So he technically is a one, but I just wanted to throw it out there anyway. So get so, some thoughts.
1: Uh, right. My, my thoughts on LeVar Ball is that he, y- your your kid was going to UCLA. You ripped him out. You took him to Lithuania. You're putting yourself in front of your kids. He's everything in a parent that I don't want. I know you're about to support him. But I, mm-hmm. LeVar Ball... Support is as, generous. As, as, as much as he... Uh, champions for his kids. It's all about himself. It's all about LeVar's FaceTime. Uh, LeVar's a two. I
3: I'm not a LeVar guy at all. Not to mention, just going back, the UCLA thing, not only he didn't take him out just because, he took him out because he stole something in China, right? So, yeah, right. Uh, not, so, <laughs> not great at teaching the, the, the moral moral ethics here, okay? Yep, 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 absolutely right. Just to hop all night.
2: Have you guys, you've never stolen anything?
3: Oh, I stole something this weekend, but uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, I've never stolen anything. <laughs> are you serious? So. No,
2: never in my life. What? Never.
3: Yeah, I don't, What kind of person I mean, are you?
2: Like not even, you know, when you get a water cup and like some people fill it with soda. I've never even done that.
3: Well, I don't even, I don't even drink soda. So I'm, I'm here. I'm there with
1: you. You're telling me you go to Chipotle and you don't put any soda in no, the cup? No, I
2: pay you. No, I can't do that.
3: You've never stolen anything. I don't steal never I, I mean, I would, I would put myself in that boat. I don't think I've ever really stealing anything unless Not you Not even count, like a piece of candy. Unless you count crashing a wedding and then taking all of their food and alcohol. That is true. I mean, so. No accidental th- thievery?
2: No, I'll go back and pay for it.
3: Okay,
1: uh, your morals are just—they're uh, just, gross. They're yeah. nauseating. They're it. gross. It's like they, you're like you're like literally a perfect person who, who couldn't even compete with you. This well, is unbelievable. That seems. I mean, we'll Coach Eric Taylor. Coach Taylor. He's yeah. A 10. Coach yeah. Taylor. A- Ashley Young morals should be on the ten list. I I've uh, I'm I'm a, a, a regular thief, and um, what did you steal this weekend? Uh, let's be careful now. This, <laughs> this this weekend. I literally hear Ice sirens cream? coming no, for, for you that. right now, Karm. <laughs> <I'm trying laughs> okay, what did I do you take? hear the sirens? I actually, do, they're coming I for Carm. I'm they know. To think what specifically I took this week. Okay, weekend. well, while
2: you think about that. I'm going to come to bat for Levar. Yeah, oh my but just Go a, for a God. hot second. Do I think he's obnoxious? Absolutely. Would I want him as my father? Absolutely not. But the man is loyal. He goes to bat for his kids. He's passionate about his work. He has created business opportunities that several other fathers have not. created. to say he is like a trash father, a number one on our scale. I think that's kind of harsh. The
3: big baller brand's doing well? I, <laughs> didn't, you
2: know. Didn't,
3: yeah, didn't, starting didn't, and starting failing a did, company and, and then now, guys, now having your son having to sue I'm the company. I'm just saying, he's I don't not absent from their, their lives. lives. The he's, he's very
2: committed to going to their games. You can say it's self-serving. I agree with that. But to say he's a one, he's the bare minimum on our scale. I don't know. He's not a bad we'll person. Put
3: a, put a number to it. For number two. A three, a three. Okay, okay. I'm just
2: saying, I don't think it's fair to make him the bare minimum on if you a get, if so, You know,
3: if you get a three out of ten on a test, that's a failing grade. So, so
2: is a four and a five. But you could also say that that's average on a scale.
3: Okay. So he's below average. Sure. All
1: right. Let's uh, let's move on, shall we? Uh, absolutely. Congratulations, okay. LeVar Ball. I think we I think we did a good job
3: with you. Go ahead. Yeah. So next, we- <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, this is a personal one. Okay. High school baseball game. Here's what happened. All right. Uh, this is my high school, Jones College Prep. This was circa like 2008. Okay. Our right fielder, playing right field. His dad is walking like up the right field line, going like to the bathroom. That's where it was. And there's a line drive hit down the right field line. And uh, the ball goes, uh, and the and so the balls hit right, and then as the guys, the right fielder's running over to the line, his dad, who happens to be right there, is like, "Oh, it's foul! It's foul!" And so he go, the kid goes, runs back to like his position, and of course the ball was fair. Everyone's screaming at him, you know, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Right? The kid gets an inside the park home run. He comes back into the dugout. Coach reams him out, pulls him out of the game.
2: I'm just like, how do you not know that it's not? So it's, a,
3: it's a very rough moment for the dad.
1: Who, for the who, dad, right? Who, who literally who got his ba-
3: son taken, pulled out of the game, embarrassed in front of everyone, mm. and caused him to. He
2: also went to the bathroom in the middle of the game. You couldn't wait, like between innings. Well, that's movie. I mean,
1: good point you know. there too. Absolutely, Levar would
2: never do that. He would no. wait till halftime.
1: <laughs> yeah, or Levar would probably just go right behind the bleachers and be like, "What's <laughs> up? I'm I'm living my dream."
3: Uh, I, but it was, I think, in this scenario, we're talking about an accident. He didn't. Oh, he it's did, absolutely yeah. an accident, but it's still a, it's still a poor it's still a poor form. I and guess, you got to feel pretty bad as a dad, and he probably felt pretty bad for his kid who got yelled at and taken yeah. out of the game. Well,
1: it's also bad form in that look. Look, it's a high school baseball game. We don't have guys that go and run and get baseballs, go get the ball and get it in even... Well, if the we'll, last guy on
3: the bench, you know? I mean... Right, no, but... Like, you, and that's you, the other
2: you, thing. That's bad parenting. If your son thinks it's okay to let someone else go pick up the ball... <laughs> And it's fair. That's the other thing. It's fair. I, you're no, right yeah, but you're field. playing the
3: game. He's got to go. He can't go get the ball because that's going to waste time in the game. Field. You
2: got to go run. It's not back. like we're asking him to run the length of a football field. If
1: he's close enough to the ball, go get the ball and get right. back to your position. And this if you is were not...
2: attempting to make a play on it, you're already halfway there. Three. I
1: give that three. I give that three. I give that. He's right. down right. there with Levar. All right, moving on. Okay, I, I, yeah, why <laughs> at Levar two? Yeah, I'll give. You're right. You're right. I give him a four. Okay. A
0: four. Okay, Ashley.
2: I'll go. I'll go five. Okay. I don't know this man personally. Okay,
3: cool. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, this was, it was a bad moment. It was a bad, bad moment. moment. That's what I'm saying. This is a sports dads and. and Did it moments. tarnish
2: their relationship? Their. I, father, I son? think.
3: I think they're over it now. Okay, yeah. that's good. Um, next, we have. Uh, Ken Griffey, Sr., going back-to-back. Home Iconic runs number with, one moment yeah, in sports history. Ken Griffey, Jr., which is amazing. And here's what I'll say. This is two scales. We can go on for the moment. But um, the other scale is on a scale from Javier Baez swinging at an 0-2 pitch to Cal Ripken, Jr. playing 2,632 consecutive games, how likely is it that we ever see a father-son go back-to-back again in a Major League Baseball game?
1: I, I, incredibly unlikely. He, he did a lot here too yeah. he passed along his talent in a, in a yeah. supreme way yeah. uh, you know he made a great choice on, on the mothering side as well which is huge I mean if you if you look at what Michael Jordan did marrying Juanita he he kneecapped his kids these kids you know they, they just didn't have the same ability to uh, compete like like Mike did <laughs> like with James with James it's and, a bold, and that's a, and, Get shots she, fired there. With James and Dolores. I mean, let's be honest. This was a bad job. Here, Ken Griffey Sr., I don't know the wife, but she obviously did something well. And he, his kid got to be around baseball all this time. So I, I, I'm, I'm way up there. I will give him an eight and a half.
2: This is never going to happen again. Right. Never.
1: I agree. No. I mean, how could it ever statistically? Happen
2: again? I don't think it's possible. Yeah.
1: What about LeBron and Bronny Jr.? LeBron on the break gives it off to Bronny Alley-oop, Throw it down.
2: But you can't like that go back to cool. back, back to back dunks. You know what that I mean? That would like, be yeah,
3: okay. Fair enough. Yeah, but that would be though. I mean, I think that's about equivalent, right? He throws no. it in alley-oop to his dad, or vice versa. That's almost the equivalent.
2: That's cute.
3: It's it's not as hard to do as, right. as right. well, the back thing to is right, Even if they haven't been it's playing on the same team, It's essentially a guaranteed right, two points. Right. The odds that just even even if they played for years together, the odds that anyone goes back to back is hard
1: if, enough. if we're talking strict moment in time,
3: I mean then yeah. then I got to up my grade, I suppose, because that's really it's yeah. really adorable. Yeah, I think personally, I think that's a ten. I think that's, that's I think that, that's, that's, that's a, what I said. I number one. I think that's um, that's Kevin Costner. Playing. I might start weeping right now. Yeah. Actually, thinking <laughs> about it further. Have you guys seen the movie Talladega Nights? Mm-hmm. Carm.
1: That's that's a no go over okay. here.
3: So here's this here's you this dad. Da- I've seen it, here's this dad moment for you. Okay, so uh, so Ricky Bobby, race car driver, he's lost his touch. So one day his dad wakes him up, throws a couple of buckets of water on, him, wakes him up, and he says, "I've taped a kilo of cocaine to the bottom of your car and called the police." There's no better way to hone your skills than like like necessity. Okay, so then he makes him. So the police are coming. He's got to jump in the car with a kilo of cocaine taped to the bottom of it. What do you think? How good of a father is he? I'll let Ashley start with this. I got to think about that. <laughs> that's think about that's it, really right? haunting that's some... and terrible but but brilliant all at the same time. He's the the exact quote is there's nothing like driving to avoid jail time. Nothing hones your mind and your instincts like necessity. I mean you're you're risking your kid going to
1: jail so that's not very good but then again mm-hmm. you are creating real life skills I suppose. So I'll give him a 6. A 6.
2: I was going to go 5. 5. I'm like anti pushing your kids. Like if they don't have the drive themselves you don't need to like Illicit, illicit, but he did have the drive. Activities. He just he just like
3: couldn't find it. You know what I mean? I feel like I haven't he's seen the movie in own. a while. But yeah,
2: he's all, yeah, no. also also really? I
3: think at the end of it, it actually wasn't a, there was no cocaine. I think yeah, wasn't it? He yeah, was, it was like, lying. Yeah, he there was like it was like Fruit Loops or something. But okay. He didn't know. So that. Oh, that's okay. That opposite. That opposite right there.
2: Right. So you you're lying to your kid. Right. Well, no, but you're lying. You're but then forcing them. So, but you
3: know because he thinks he's putting in his mind. He thinks that it's this mm-hmm. is it. Right. He's gonna go to jail. But if he did get caught, they'd be like, it's oh, actually, we have nothing here. There's just Fruit Loops under here.
2: I'm going down to a four.
3: Uh, next, next big time, dad moment. Michael Jordan, uh-huh. heard of him, uh, winning his fourth NBA title, in 1996, the first since his father died. And he clinched that game. It was on Father's Day. It was the day he won the title.
1: Right, I'm going
3: to let
2: you take this. I don't even want to chime in. Uh, like you have some thoughts.
1: Well, it was the Seattle Supersonics. It was game six. It was at home. They should have swept the series, but it ended up going six games. So it was back home. Jordan actually did not play well in that final series. Uh, He shouldn't have been the MVP. Dennis Rodman actually deserved it. I'm stunningly going to put that out there, but Rodman was better in that series. Mike played uh, decidedly his worst finals. But it was very emotional for him and, and extremely touched i would actually prefer uh the 91 title when uh mike's pouring champagne on james jordan who's still alive at that point but extremely touching I, I give it an eight that's all i'm going with that one i don't an know eight that's it yeah i what, mean it was like, super touching and, and beautiful and mike crying and all that but like for me like mike dad moments i wouldn't put that at the top that's why i'm giving it well, an what's eight.
3: your top mike dad moment
1: my top Mike Dad moment, like pure, right. is when he hits a home run for the Birmingham Barons. Wow. His first homer as a Baron r- walk, runs around r- the bases, scores, and points up to the sky. He, you know, he, we went and played baseball for his dad, right. um, trying to reconnect with him in some way after he got murdered, and to, to, to hit a home run in a game and to point up to the sky. I might start crying right now. That's Did my you time. cry when it happened? I, 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 mean, I cried so much after he retired that I, like, I was out of tears by that point. The first. <laughs> first retirement was just i mean i didn't go to school for like 4 days i bought every single newspaper there was the internet didn't exist like it does now mm-hmm. so i i mean i was i was going to different stores to get all the videos i mean i thought that, who knew that i could you know I could throw YouTube on right now. This was So it was a very rough period for me. Thank so you for
3: So sorry, your dad let you skip four days of school? I don't know how to I mean, talk about that parenting.
1: I was at the University of Iowa. I, <laughs> actually, oh, okay. So actually, yeah, my, dad, my dad called me up at, at that point, and he's, I, I'm like weeping on the phone. He's like, what's going on? What's wrong? And I'm like, well, I just... <laughs> Michael! <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I was like, well, just my, Michael. And he's like... He's, he's like,
2: like, who's uh, Michael?
3: He's like, oh. Well, I gotta go. See you later. I mean, just like... <laughs> But, but he if, wasn't into the feelings. No. But if if Jordan doesn't doesn't go play baseball, do we ever get Space Jam? What, so what yeah. if we have to live our whole lives without ever seeing see, Space Jam? I still think we would have had it, man. No I think way. We're, uh, I, I, they would have the whole opening scene, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. They like abducted. Takes him from
2: the yeah, yeah from the baseball. Field.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe not. I suppose it was. Uh, but it's for me, it's, for me it's, it wasn't all worth it for Space Jam. Yes, it was.
2: Lola Bunny. <laughs> Come on, the life. Monstars.
1: Okay. Okay. Instant okay. classics.
3: All right. Um, generational gap here. Yeah. Coming out again. Tiger Woods posted a picture yesterday on Father's Day of him uh, hugging his dad after he won the 1997 Masters, side by side with him hugging his own son after winning the Masters a few weeks ago.
2: giving that a low grade for because that's like Tiger? reposted. No, that when he won the Masters, like that circulated. That was like two months ago.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like when he won the Masters this time. The way he walked in front of his kid. Like the kid was behind him, he let him. He's letting him trail. It was super awkward. He was all about Tiger. He should have been holding the kid, letting the kid walk in front of him. Something more to honor the child that he put through the ringer with everything that he's done in his life. So, mm-hmm. and and Earl Woods and himself was, you know, I, I mean, very cool in leading the way. Sort of similar to Richard Williams, but I just have more love for Richard. Uh, so I'm giving that. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a six. Se-
4: I'll go seven. I'll okay. go seven.
3: Okay. Um, this is going to Coach Carter. Have you ever seen Coach Carter? I love Coach Carter. Great. Okay, so his son goes transfers schools to play basketball for him. First day, the kid just transferred in, right? And he comes to basketball practice, and he's like, "You're late. Get on the line. You're running suicides right now." And um, he's like, "But coach, like, it's my first day. Like, I had to like figure everything out. I, like, just transferred. And he's like, "You know, you're late. Go get on the line. You're running suicides." How do we feel about that dad moment being that harsh coach? You know, dad, a lot of dads coaching their kids growing up. How do we feel about that? I love it. I mean, because it. it's Samuel. I mean, he's yeah. like, you know.
2: I just feel like there's a lot of nepotism in sports yeah. and politics with the coach's daughter. So accountability
1: is vi- uh, Accountability is incredibly important in life, teaching a tremendous life lesson. Mm-hmm. I give it a nine, uh, maybe even a nine and a half time. But I'm going to leave Richard Williams up there on, like, yeah. at the top. So, so you, go,
3: you go like 9.25. I'll go 9.25. Okay. There, that's cool. fair enough. I, I, yeah. I got to love
2: I'll double down Coach
3: on that. Yeah. Ethan, great to see you. Always a pleasure, man. See you soon. Dad's Day tribute on the mark.
2: Love you, Dad.
1: That was our Father's Day tribute. Now, we take a detour with actor-comedian Jason Jones. Jason Jones, the detour is coming up. The fourth season, June the 18th, which is created and written and executive produced exquisitely by Jason Jones and his wife, Samantha B. Do you like that your name is first there? I think that's important.
5: Do I like the name of the show?
1: No, sure. no. Yeah. Like I, I just think executive produced by Jace Jones and like I like and Samantha B. I think that you're first. Oh, you know.
5: Oh, 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 my name before her name. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a modern man. I don't I don't need that uh, I don't need that that ego boost. Uh, I my my wife is a is an Emmy award winning artist and a and a Time 100 most influential person of the year. Yeah, you know. I, I I don't need it, but sure, it always feels good.
1: So, sure. you, so you guys don't compete at home? Like, who put the salt shaker in the spot first? Like, that type of deal?
5: Oh, no, we compete at home, yeah. And I absolutely have the affection of my children, so that's all that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> it's an audience of three that we're competing for, and you know I'm three for three. So right, fine.
6: right.
1: I, I mean, come on. At some at some point, it's all about winning. I mean, you know. Do I, yeah. uh, no,
5: it's always, always, always about winning. Right, of course. Right. And then, and I'm winning. And I'm winning. She <laughs> may be winning the public's mind. I'm winning the the only people that matter. And those are the three three little weirdos that we produce.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is. I just wanted to get to the important stuff here. The the show is. You know, we got the. You guys got an interesting take on the family dynamic. I mean, how much does that mirror your own family family dynamic? What would you say?
5: I think we'd be in jail if it mirrored our own <laughs> family dynamic. Uh, I, you know, I think we uh, I think we see uh, uh, elements of our own family dynamic in, that we bleed into the show, but for the most part, it's fictionalized because those people are criminals.
1: Right, where where do the ideas come from, Jason Jones? I mean, would you, like what's going on in your mind at three in the morning? Can you can you take us a little bit like under the covers, if you will?
5: I don't know. If it's, I don't know. If it's three o'clock in the morning. I I sleep pretty good. I uh, it's mostly during the day. It's my it's my downtime that I'm just kind of walking. I'm literally doing it right now, walking around New York City, and I'm I'm seeing a scene play out right now. I'm like, this could be on the show right now. It's, it's, it's just a just a regular guy arguing with an officer that he wasn't jaywalking when he was jaywalking. So, like, drama drama is always around us. You know, it's it's just you gotta you gotta find the most interesting stories to tell within it, um, and combine. You know, a lot of people think their story is the 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 most important story, and it can't get any funnier, and it can always get funnier by adding layers to it and you know making it. From a, just a kernel of an idea into this gorgeous onion of an idea.
1: Does that, that make you a, a Seinfeld, a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan? Like, I feel like you know that's kind of the genesis of, of what they do, right?
5: They do. I was actually, you know, it's funny enough. My, I, I would say if I had one inspiration, it would be The Simpsons. You okay. know I was always, I was always like, this would, this is. If there's any comparison, this would be a live action Simpsons because we, you know, we, we at the heart is is this family that loves one another and will stick together no matter what, and unbreakable, unbreakable bond. But ultimately, uh, they they go through these insane scenarios and ultimately stick together.
1: Well, what are you most excited about with uh, season four here? What are we gonna learn? Season, season Have you seen any of it or no? I, I've seen clips, but I, I I gotta be honest. I this is uh, I'm a sports guy, so I'm watching sports all the time. This I got I got I got to branch out a little bit here, Jason.
5: That's fine. That's fine. I, I I I was just asking because it wasn't it wasn't an indictment of your research. It was more uh, <laughs> what I what I could Thank spoil you. for you. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, no this uh, this season we uh, were uh, very simple concept. Our daughter uh, abandoned us last year. She went, you know, you guys suck. I can do this better on my own. And and uh, yeah. they it, it's just a season of just look her us uh, searching for her and and one of the places we think she is, is Japan. And uh, so we go on a uh, Japanese game show to uh, where you endure torture to win advertising time, and we don't have a business to advertise, so we advertise our our daughter is missing time.
1: Wh- wh- so wh- that's
5: a, Why? A why does your pretty da- great episode?
1: Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. It. Why, why does your daughter want to stay away from her parents?
5: I think you know after after she's she's 15 when she leaves us, and you know it's 15 years of going. You know what? I can do this better than you guys can. <laughs> I'm I'm good without you. You guys really mess it up. You guys really fuck up in every scenario. Um I'm good. I'm done. I'm out. So
1: it's the so you know, the standard fifteen year old who thinks that they've got life figured out and maybe they do, right?
5: <laughs> I think they have an element of life figured out and we have an episode that is just all about her. And her trying to figure it out, and her going, "Yeah, I'm cocky enough to figure it out on her own," and she fails just as miserably as we fail. So that's a great <laughs> episode as well. Uh,
1: well. Let me take a little bit of a right turn. What, what, what do you What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about Canadians by Americans? Considering your background, the most,
5: Misunder- the most misunderstood yeah. thing about about Canadians by Americans. See, I think
1: like Canadians are you're just you're super nice and always welcoming and. And
5: you know yeah that's I mean, untrue that's that's <laughs> completely untrue they're not super nice okay. they, they,
1: they,
5: they may be they may be superficially I've met way more like like the, the, to me the Southern hospitality is like no other I think it is one of the greatest things in the world. The south of the United States is just so welcoming and so open arms loving uh, to strangers um, wow. That, that I see, that, that I've experienced. Maybe because, you know, I'm talking to white people and I'm white. Maybe <laughs> different, different colored people have different experiences. I'm sure. But I've, had, I've experienced nothing but uh, wonderful hospitality. Uh, uh, I don't experience that in Canada. I really don't. They, there's there's, a, there's a, a a skepticism with uh, strangers in, in Canada. I even find that in New York. There's, there's no bar you can go into in New York and not be in a conversation within three minutes with some guy sitting at the bar or some girls sitting at the bar. In Canada, you you say, "Hey, what's going on?" They're, the immediate, the first question is, "What do you want?" <laughs> so there's, a, there's, a, there's a, I, I think that that skepticism is something Americans don't quite get from Canadians.
1: Right, right. Do do they actually like basketball up there, or is this just all fake thing and they're just sort of like want to win something?
5: No, they like winning. That's it. That's all. Okay. They've just been so deprived. First of all, I haven't. So, I, you know, the the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are the third most. I think the third most, the second most winning, uh, hockey team in uh, in National Hockey League history, next to the uh, the Habs. Okay. And and they have not won in my lifetime. Ouch. It was six years before I was born when they won their last cup.
1: <laughs> but Maple Leaf so, Gardens was a sweet place before they got rid of it. But anyway. yeah, it
5: was awesome. It was a great place to watch. Uh, great place to watch hockey. Uh, I, I would say. I would say that uh, ACC is a more comfortable place to watch hockey, but sure. it doesn't have the same character that uh, Maple Leaf Gardens had. Right. Right. But so and, but but I. I, I I think that is it. I think they enjoy. I I don't know if they're as much into basketball as they are into like. Can we just win something and be proud of us for something? Yeah. Do I, I, I don't want to be just be America's hat forever.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's 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 not where you want to be in life. What do do we do we like Drake? What's what are our thoughts on Drake? Like you see him, you know, you see him more than you see Kawhi. They they cut to him a lot,
5: really a lot. You know, what's funny. I. Uh, I, I used to date a girl from Degrassi Junior High back in the day, but like the original Degrassi Junior High. Okay. And then when they were like, you know, when Drake was up and coming, they went, oh, you know, Drake was on Degrassi. I went, no, he, no he's not. He, he was, I used to date, and I knew the whole cast of Degrassi. He's not on Degrassi. They're like, no, he's on the new Degrassi. So uh. that really, therefore, he's like a non-starter for me because he wasn't on the original, original Degrassi. Right. He's right. like a fake Degrassi, So, so I, you know, he's got a false bottom, in my opinion. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I, I, I think. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are feeling exactly what you're saying here. Uh, you
5: I, I think they feel it for different reasons than I do.
1: But. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's a recurring theme, though. Uh, your daughter. Sure. But
5: it's it, it's not about his Degrassi cred.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about your daughter here, Piper B. Jones. Is that is that? Uh, do I have the name accurate?
5: That it's uh it's it's actually not hyphenated uh according to the internet it's actually uh it's two the middle name and a last name but yes those, oh. those okay. B is the middle name Jones Jones is the last name yes I'm yeah just, I, correct
1: I'm just wondering as much you know you uh, you love Piper to the end of the earth but did you name her after uh, a sandwich is this is a is this a PB and J thing
5: No that was like an after like we were like oh shit <laughs> like we were like when we like we named it we were like you know in the in the haze of not sleeping we went. Oh, we got her acronym is a sandwich. That's no good. Why didn't we think of this? Um that was uh, that was an afterthought. It was it was it was it was really just about uh oh this is a good name. We like this name. It's a it's a fun name and it goes well with the with the other two uh boring surnames.
1: Right. Right. So am I so I'm not the first one that asked you this. I thought I was being all creative here.
5: Uh, you no, you are the first one that yeah. ever asked that, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah.
1: See, all right, I feel better about myself right now. Uh, <laughs> two, two, two more. Uh, you became a citizen, U.S. citizen, 2014. Uh, I'm wondering, yep. uh, do, do you think Donald Trump could pass the citizen test? Could he pass? Do, do you, I mean, it's
5: not. it's not hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a hard test. Uh... As much as I'd like to say no, I think he could. Okay. I think he could. You, first of all, you only need to get six out of ten. There's a hundred questions, and they let you study for it. And, you know, there, there's a couple tough questions, but for the most part, it's like, what's the vice president? So if he couldn't name that, I'd be I'd be pretty – he could at least spit out Mikey or something uh, like that. You would you know?
1: think, but, I mean, you know, things are just changing by the day. I mean, you, you know, it could get, could, get, could get a little confusing <laughs> over
5: there. As the dementia kicks in further, there is a possibility right. that he could not pass that test. Yes, right. Right. As of, as of right now, this day, this very day, we're having this interview. Sadly, I think he'd get a seven out of ten. Yeah, All right. I'm pretty sure he couldn't. I couldn't name ten indigenous tribes, which is one of the questions.
4: <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I'm
5: almost. I'm almost certain he would fail that question <laughs> if, if that question came up.
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't get it either. So I don't want to completely, you know, just. Put on the oh, microscope. for the record, for
5: the record, the most, you know, it's as, as, as the moral superiority that most Americans feel over our current president. And I have every reason to hate him as much as anyone else, but uh, or probably more reasons. But, uh, the, you know, they couldn't pass the test either. Right. So. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, gotta... my, my, friend, my, my my buddies always ragged me about this. Like, yeah, you're not really even American. I'm like, No, I am I'm am I earned my American. All you did were all you did was get born here. Right. I took a I took a test and paid a lawyer to become here to become a citizen here. I struggled paying you... like seventy five percent tax before I was a citizen.
1: And and you willingly chose it, and you went to war, and you you I mean not not literally, but you know you you, well. <laughs> you got you got in front of the book, and you you, you you put in time. No,
5: but I did have I did have to swear to go to war if if it were a rise. I, you have that's, to, that's the two things you have to uh, swear to, which is serve in a non combat role where are you asked and willing, and also to uh, uh, serve on a jury. Those are the two things. And my first jury duty selection was like a couple couple months ago. Uh, I was amazed at how many people were trying to weasel out of it. And I went, this is this is the one thing I had to, I swore I had to do. And you guys are all weaseling out of this.
1: It's, it's a lack of integrity. That's it's, uh, It really it's, is, yeah. No a, no American deserves to be here other than immigrants. Yeah, That's the truth. I don't think many people would argue with that. Uh <laughs> Give me give me three words to describe John Stewart who ha, was amazing this week and getting in front of the House Judiciary Committee. But what give me three words being around John as much as you were at the Daily Show. uh
5: three uh none uh to to combine no sentence, just three.
1: <laughs> you you can take it wherever you want to go. I just I'm just yeah, I I feel like that's a a very cool thing in life to be around John as much as you were. But
5: Let's let's uh, let, give me four. Give me give me four. You got it. Four it is. Uh 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 smartest guy I know. Wow. Yeah.
1: What, what would you say about Colbert then? He's no dummy.
5: Uh, he's lucky he worked for John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, but but you know what? I would apply that to everyone else. I would apply that to Oliver. I'd apply that to my wife. I'd apply that to myself. I'd apply that to everyone. Okay. We are lucky that we, we, we served under him because he really is he really was the greatest, and there will be no other yeah. like him.
1: Were were you, was your life? Uh, or just I don't know. Were you ever in danger when you were being a correspondent on the road? I mean, you were in some harrowing s- situations.
5: Danger? No, not not any imminent danger. I, you know, it was always when we got back, we were like, "Oh, really? We were, we were we were on a we were on a watch list. Oh, interesting. Oh, they were we were being followed the entire time by the FSB. Oh, interesting." Uh, we never felt it in the moment, so you know. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and certainly, I never went into any serious combat situations where, you know, there were actual our lives were imminently in threat. Um, but in retrospect, we would get back and go, "Oh, we were followed the whole time by government agencies." That was always like, "Oh, yeah. oh that's cool." <laughs>
1: it's from a distance it looked intense uh so congratulations yeah
5: because we're good actors yeah okay we'd always make it seem like it was much more harrowing than it was yeah i'm I'm... i was still going back to a four seasons at night it was (laughs) fun
1: congrats i hope you i hope you were allowed to get room service and everything there because you know
5: no no there was no room service oh okay 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 Decent, decent decent bed you know pillow pillow top mattress always solid
1: Jason Joe's great to talk to you. Nate Parker, the headstrong father and husband of the Parker family. We're looking forward to season four, man. I'm going I'm to watch every damn episode, so
5: thanks for uh, taking time today. Uh, hey, thanks for supporting the show. I really appreciate it.
1: So if you missed the news this weekend, Anthony Davis is now a Los Angeles Laker. Let's have that conversation, bringing in Jasmine Wimbish along with Ashley. let me get some contribution here on my thoughts on the Anthony Davis to the Lakers trade that's going to ruin the NBA, or at least ruin my life. Uh, Jasmine Wimbish, you're an NBA superstar. Hi, Ashley. Good to see both of you.
2: Happy to be here.
1: So, all right. uh, Can I get initial reactions when you saw that the Lakers got Anthony Davis?
4: Uh, I was making tacos, so um, my reaction was like, oh. This is important, but I have other things to do. So, you continue so to I'm focus still, on your tacos? Yeah, I was making carne asada, so um, it required a lot of my attention. So, I'm still reacting currently.
1: Did you, like, I mean, I don't know, throw some of the carne asada against the wall? Were you upset? You do have. No, I
4: wasn't upset at all. I, I don't know. I don't think this is. I'm a, I love Anthony Davis, so I'm kind of excited to see him on a team that's actually good and a big market. See him in, uh, I'm sure, TV shows and commercials and whatnot. So,
1: did you want him to go to LA? And no. play with LeBron. I, Where is your soul, you don't want me Wimbish? To say no, I'm I sorry. do. You just don't care. <laughs> no,
4: I do care. I just don't think. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to win a championship in the next two, three years. So you know, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> you with this comfortable not going to win a championship? Who's winning the championship next year?
4: Uh, we'll see what happens. With free agency. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of injuries that happen.
2: It's not going to be. Cool There's a lot stay. of injuries. A lot yeah. of big names mm-hmm. still up for where they're going to go. You seem pressed well, about uh, this, though. Uh, you uh, seem distraught, and it's old news at this point. Well, and you're still upset. So well, tell it's, us it's why.
1: Old, hold on, it's not old news. Why? Well, first it's old It happened news. on what Saturday? Well, first of all, I want to get your. I want to get your reaction. I put Jasmine
2: over here. Oh. I was like, oh. Cool. And then back to life. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> okay. it, it wasn't... I think the timing was surprising, not yeah. necessarily the fact that he's out in L.A. with LeBron James.
1: Uh, this is a 26-year-old big man in his prime going to play with the Who best... Pre-
2: always injured.
4: Yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. he doesn't play defense either, but like... Mm-hmm. This, That's not true. It, it, you look at his defensive metrics, they're horrendous. And She's you talk a- to NBA people, they say they're horrendous. You're, you're backing his defense? This is all, I'm, Anthony I'm Davis' defense? Yes.
4: Yes, I'm backing Anthony Davis' defense. He's been on all the defensive teams before. <laughs>
1: He gets, <laughs> that means
4: he's one of the best defensive players in he the league.
1: Get, he gets by uh, the people that I've been talking to over the week, and they're like, he plays no D. and, have and they, I
4: Have they watched Anthony Davis play these basketball? Or are they just N- the stats nerds?
1: These are NBA peeps now. I, I'm just okay. Andy Davis made an all-defensive team. Really,
4: pretty positive he has. I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna have to look that all up here. I
4: could this. be, yeah, I could fact be fact wrong, this. but I'm pretty positive he's made an all-defensive team.
1: Well, re- regardless, they still have money to add in a third player. They're wooing Kawhi Leonard now. Why does? Why do we always have to deal with the rich getting richer in life? Does anybody have any soul here? Why couldn't? Uh, I don't know. Couldn't the Sixers or the Celtics or? And I, it's not true. Well,
4: those are two rich teams. So well, <laughs> the
1: Celtics for sure. The Sixers are a little. <laughs> Sixers
4: it, have four potential all-stars on their team.
1: I, I just...
4: Oh, wait. Ashley, what does that say? Can you read that?
2: <clears throat> Anthony Davis uh. and Drew Holiday earn all-defensive first-team honors. That's a first-team, which means a First-team. This is uh, May 23rd, 2018, hmm. NBA.com. Recently.
1: That's an interesting stat. Your
4: NBA peeps need to read more and watch more
1: basketball. Uh, well, these are, Here uh, we go.
2: <clears throat> Davis... Led the NBA in blocks per game with 2.6. Not, not
1: a good defensive finished stat.
2: Finished fifth in the NBA in rebounds per game. Huh. 11.1. And ranked 15th. In what? Steals per game. Huh. So it's a
1: numbers, it's a numbers <laughs> situation. Uh, that's fine. Uh, look,
2: I can keep going. There's more stats. Just keep going.
1: Let's with. hear them. Let's let's pile it up. Davis recorded right. four
2: or more blocks 21 times, including 14 games of five or more blocks, and a career high in Pelicans franchise record. Ten blocks on March eleventh, twenty eighteen. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not
1: going I'm not gonna out the front office personnel that I've that's discussed. That's fine. With, I'm, not, I'm but, just saying that but, but, not all front office
2: people Seventeen games with three or, or more steals. This also last year, so let me let me, let, let me just tell
1: you this. If if I if, 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 if does if Mark I,
2: Carmen hate I, Anthony Davis? No, I called him soft on multiple into? occasions. No,
1: I I I. I I don't hate Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is a great basketball player. This just adds on to my angst more than anything else. And so, okay, great. They're getting not only a phenomenal offensive player, they're getting a great defensive player in his prime Mm -hmm. to come and rescue LeBron. I mean, I personally enjoyed seeing LeBron not make the playoffs last year.
4: Oh, 100%. I I thoroughly enjoyed that, mainly because he picked to go to L.A. and then it sucked. So I have no sympathy for him at
1: all.
2: Okay, but don't you miss it a little bit? Like, it was a great... Great playoffs this year. I loved every second of I, it.
1: I do miss him. I miss him. Uh, LeBron. Oh, okay, but so I agree with you there too. I miss him in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily need to him to have the best stacked team going into the no. playoffs. I'd rather see him play an underdog role and try to lift somebody up. His greatest okay. championship yeah. by far was with the Cavs. they, mm-hmm. they, they, they triple trump the the two he won in Miami.
4: I mean, you could argue that Anthony Davis is the best player that LeBron James will ever play with in his career. Right. So I mean, you look back on those Miami teams, Dwayne Wade, yeah, but Anthony Davis will probably
1: to be better. Oh, to your point, though, about him not being healthy, a lot of people, a lot of front office personnel, at least that I've chatted with, they also they think that... Uh the winning toughness, I will do anything to fight through pain, Gene, does not belong to Anthony Davis.
4: I mean, it'll that's that would be my concern with making that trade. I mean, the Lakers damn near sold their soul to get Anthony Davis. And... But,
1: but did they? Lonzo? I, I like Lonzo Ball. I'm a Lonzo Ball fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm on record. I'm on record on this podcast. However, the dude can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram has got blood clots. Mm-hmm. Josh Hart is a backup guard at best in the league. The fourth pick in the draft is... It's a three-person draft.
4: And the, I'm the number one overall pick, so they still have Zion. Like, Zion's going to be your centerpiece. You don't need Lonzo to shoot the ball as much. You just need him to throw an alley-oop to Zion Williamson.
1: Right, and, and what are you going to do with that fourth pick? Who are you taking uh- Darius Garland? Jared you don't need Culver. A, you don't need a point. Okay, Jared Culver. Yeah. How good is Jared Culver?
4: I mean, it's, the Pelicans are not going to be winning anytime soon. Like They are clearly in, all right, we're having a young team, so we're going to be five, ten years down the road, which is fine for them. I, I mean, they're in a small market. They might as well just move to Seattle, if I, you ask me.
1: I just would have said, if I, if I was David Griffin, you are giving me Kyle Kuzma in this trade. Supposedly, they didn't want Kyle Kuzma.
4: Kyle Kuzma can't shoot either, though.
1: Kyle Kuzma is a, be, uh, is a more... His floor is so much higher than what Lonzo Lonzo Ball could be a disaster. Brandon Ingram could be a disaster. At least you know with Kuzma you've got a solid NBA player. Now, maybe those two
4: will be stars,
1: perhaps. It's a big reach.
4: Kuzma is definitely the more, I would say, conventional NBA player, for sure, Um, just because you do know what you have with him. Look, Kyle Kuzma is the smartest person involved in this entire thing because as soon as LeBron came to L.A., he befriended him like that. And that to me is, I feel like the reason he's still in LA because I think LeBron is like, no, me and Kyle are buddies. I get him all the shoes he wants. And he tells me I'm the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. And I think that's why he's still in LA. That's a smart play. If I was an NBA player, I'd be cozying up to LeBron James just so I'm not getting traded. Yeah,
1: sure. And... LeBron, by the way, is no dummy when it comes to personnel mm-hmm. and uh, him sizing up Kuzma is the guy that, hey, don't get rid of that guy. Not that I don't think it takes a genius in it's my just, mind. It's
4: just interesting because months ago when this trade was going to happen in February, the player that they didn't want to get rid of was Brandon Ingram. And so now all of a sudden it's switched to Kyle Kuzma. Something happened in between that time span because Kyle Kuzma was gone. It was him, Lonzo, Josh Hart, and Picks. And now it's Brandon Ingram instead of Kyle Kuzma. What the hell happened in those five, six months.
1: I, I just, and, and just for the sheer don't, what happened to the New Orleans? I don't, we're not going to deal with LA. You had a better trade back in February when the deal was first proposed. You should have listened to Rich Paul back then. It,
4: yeah, I mean David Griffin, it's it's an interesting look for David Griffin as well because he used to work for the Cavaliers and him and LeBron are very close. Right. And the first move you make is trading the star player of your team to LeBron James. I mean it's not a great look.
1: So what's your what's your take on Rich Paul and so many people hating on Rich Paul and saying that he's just doing hooking up LeBron, meanwhile the guy's building an empire?
4: I mean, I think it's uh I think it's a lot of hate for no reason i think that he has multiple he has to keep an in interest all of his clients and if that's the best fit for anthony davis you have to consider lakers have a history of having phenomenal perennial big men on their team so it makes sense that he wants to go to la in lieu of there being shack and like that just makes sense so i i think the hate is more about rich paul as a yeah I, human being
1: Right, there's. The, I think there's this. You know, I, I seem to remember this guy, David Falk. Uh, he had mm-hmm. a huge influence in the NBA, powerhouse at Nike. A little bit different to, to the times, but at that, but at that time, pretty damn powerful guy. Yeah. And here comes Rich Paul, rises himself out of nowhere, doesn't go to college, right. African American, mm-hmm. and there is just this sort of sentiment around the people that cover the league. Like Adrian Wojnarowski is tweeting out how. The Pelicans got this huge haul as if, like, David Griffin did a phenomenal job. And it's like almost, to, in my mind, it's like to diminish Rich Paul and, and, and in some weird way that they're trying to... First of all, the Lakers didn't have the pieces to do it, and mm-hmm. now that they did it, now it's a huge haul. Which one is it? Yeah. And so it's, it's it just feels off to me. And don't tell me the Pelicans got a huge haul here. I'm sorry. The Pelicans are on a flyer on Lonzo Ball... And they got to take on Lavar Ball. That's a nightmare. You got an unhealthy Brandon Ingram, and then again, it's a, the fourth pick is a flyer. And then what are those first round picks going to be? Twenty five and twenty yeah, eight.
4: That's. I mean, I think it was. That was actually the first thing that I reacted to was people were saying, "Oh my god, the Pelicans stole so much." And I'm like, I don't think they did. Like all those first round picks, if the Lakers are good in the next four or five years, are going to be trash. So it doesn't really help you in the long run.
1: It's a trash pick, and you don't have a signature player on there that you can point to. Yeah, Yeah. You you didn't get Jason Tatum from the Celtics. Uh, Really, Boston wouldn't trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis? He's leaving in a year?
4: The reason they didn't do that is because the only reason they want Anthony Davis is to keep Kyrie, and Kyrie is pretty much gone. Kyrie's going to Brooklyn. Okay, So there's no way that they wanted to deal away their entire future just Uh, for one year of him.
1: And let me just wrap up with this. If Kawhi Leonard... Goes to the LA Lakers.
4: He's not. Don't worry. You don't have to stress about it. Don't stress. Okay. It's, it's,
1: it's pretty strongly rumored right now that nah. he's, at least it is strongly rumored that he's no, considering it. No, no. yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't think he's going there. I don't think he is either, but if he does, that, and I'm the biggest NBA fan that mm. there can be, that, that, that would ruin me. That would, I'd, I'd have to take some time off. But you'll still watch, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all talk. <laughs> before we get to next season we've got the nba draft coming up this week zion williamson is going to go number one to the pelicans everyone knows that but how good will he be in the nba christian Leitner, who played at duke who watches college basketball religiously i talked to him a while back about zion's impact here is christian Leitner. Great time of year to be talking to Christian Leitner. What do you like about Zion most on, on the next level and what you saw this year?
6: What I like the most is that I hope he just doesn't get injured for the next five years. Because if he stays healthy, we're going to see some unbelievable dunks and unbelievable block shots and unbelievable plays from that young kid on the basketball court. He's the most the most athletic and powerful and dynamic jumper I've ever seen on the court.
1: Right, I mean, there's really no comparison for him. That no one's ever played the game at that side, with, at that size, with that speed, as a freshman. You know, coming to the NBA, it, it's unheard of.
6: Well, if you took Bo Jackson at his prime and turned him six seven and put him on the basketball court, I think that would be kind of what Zion is. He's just a supreme athlete. Zion reminds me a little of Shaq within five or six feet of the bucket because. Shaq was unstoppable when he got the ball six feet from the bucket, and and Zion's a lot like that. He reminds me a little bit of LeBron in the full-court situation. And then he reminds me of Barkley on how good he is at pursuing the ball and rebounding, rebounding the ball and dominating the ball.
1: Is it fair to say that you basically helped change the narrative of Duke basketball? Like, if this loss happened this year when you were there, Everybody would be saying, see, Duke can't win the big game, soft.
6: Well, you're right, and I appreciate you saying that because, yeah, they used to call us soft before we won our first championship, And, and they don't seem to say that anymore about Duke, which is awesome. No basketball program likes to be called soft. No basketball player likes to be called soft. So it doesn't seem like they say that anymore. And I think when... Duke teams lose nowadays, all you can really chalk it up to is that they're all freshmen. And, and and Coach K just doesn't have them for a long enough time to turn them into champions. So I can't tell you how much better a basketball player I was when I was a senior compared to a freshman year. So um, it's tough, and Coach K does a very good job with it. But in the tournament, when you run into some. You know, teams that have junior, senior leadership, that makes a huge difference. That experience and that upperclassmen, having some upperclassmen on your team makes a huge difference.
1: How much longer do you think Coach K is going to continue to do this?
6: I think he's got three to five more years in him. He looks good. He looks like he enjoys it. He looks like he still has passion for the game. I know he still has intensity for the game. So I think he's going to do it for at least three to five more years. Some
1: people are pointing, say this has got to be the toughest loss for Coach K. You've got, you know, three lottery picks, probably in the top six in the draft, and yet you you don't make it to the final four.
6: That's just talking heads, you know, saying that are people's opinions. I think when he looks in the mirror, he might say, yeah, I wish we could have done better. But that whole freshman thing is, um, it's very difficult to overcome. And then when you play against junior or senior-laden teams, that's difficult to overcome, too. So I can see why Michigan State, you know, was able to come away with a win the other night.
1: What's your advice to college kids, Christian, who are not only getting yelled at in the arenas like you, you know, when you played, you took on a ton, but now you've got it on Twitter and Instagram. What's your advice to guys who are dealing with the haters coming at them?
6: My advice would be you got to have a blind eye. You got to have a blind eye to everything on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. And you got to just not look at that stuff because if you look at it, it's going to affect you a little bit. And you don't want to be affected by all that other crap out there. You want to be affected by your parents and by what Coach K says and and by your teachers and the important people in your life, not, not everything else
1: would a 19 20 year old Christian later would you have been able to do that
6: um i don't know that's a good question i'm sure when i was 20 at duke that coach k would have you know advised us stay away from that stuff put your phone down a little bit don't don't hinge your life and your the happiness that you have on the inside don't hinge it on twitter and facebook and all that crap hinge it on how I say you're doing, hinge it on what your parents say you're doing. You had a great career,
1: but the way the game's played now with the stretch four, I think that would have been a field day for Christian Leitner, what do you think? And the stretch five. <laughs> yeah, right.
6: I had a field day when I was in there, so um, if it would be a little easier and a little more fun nowadays, that would be fine, but I had a blast when I was there. And I wish I could still be playing in the NBA. Um, I'm 50 now, but I'd give everything to be 25 back playing in the NBA. Do you like watching at the style they're playing? I love watching it. When I was in high school, I, I strived to be a big guy that had skills like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And nowadays, all the centers are shooting three-pointers, and all the centers can pretty much bring the ball up the court. So it's great to see how the games evolve. Everyone has... Guard skills now. There's centers out there that get, get triple-doubles, so it, it makes the game fun to watch.
1: And last one, since you mentioned Magic, I've seen this clip go around where Magic's talking about this dream team scrimmage, Magic versus Michael, and everyone's going at it. And Magic says, we, we, we gave them Leitner. We didn't want a college guy on our team. So you're watching this at home. What, what's, what's the reaction to Magic? I laugh so hard
6: I fall out of my chair because he's, <laughs> he's telling the truth. <laughs> they didn't want me, and it, it makes me laugh. I loved being on teams where they didn't need me to play good for us to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That That's called no pressure, and I love being on teams where there's no pressure. I love being in situations where there's no pressure. So I laugh when he says that, and it's just him teasing a little bit, being funny and being magic, and I love when he says it.
1: Christian, great to talk to you. Appreciate the time. <laughs> Stunning 6% luck for the New Orleans Pelicans that they get Zion Williamson. We wrap up the show today with a first-round draft pick. We're going out west. Here is Andrew Vaughn, now of your Chicago White Sox. Andrew Vaughn with the White Sox. First round draft pick, number three out of number three overall out of Cal. Andrew, thanks for joining us here. Congratulations. Did you know going into the day that you were gonna be a White Sock?
7: Well, thanks for having me. And uh, truly I had really no idea. Um to be honest. I thought it'd be a great fit talking to Nick, um, when I got to meet him when he came out to Cal. Um and I just kinda of fell in love with it and then uh to get my name called the third pick was unbelievable.
1: Was there any thought about going back for a senior year? Are you still thinking about that? I know that most people say that it's a lock that you're going to be signing up with the White Sox.
7: Um, yeah, the opportunity presents itself, so that's most likely what's going to happen.
1: Okay. What do you know about the White Sox, Andrew?
7: Um, right now, they're, like I was talking to Nick, um, they've drafted a couple really good players in the past couple of years Jake Berger, I know he just had surgery, uh, Nick Madrigal, Steel Walker, which are some guys I played with. Um, And it's a a rebuild time. Um, You know, you got Mankata coming up, doing his thing, and a couple other guys, and they're getting ready to win some championships here in the following years. Um, And that's what Nick said and preached, and I hope I can be a part of that.
1: What did the White Sox want to know when they were talking to you?
7: Well, just who I was as a person. Um, We did talk baseball, obviously. Um, That's what it's about. They just wanted to know who I am, what type of person I am, and... I'm just a family guy, and pretty simple. That's
1: the I am. Yeah, I saw it, some of the pictures when you were getting drafted. I'm assuming that's your girlfriend who was sitting there right with you? Yes, I was. She seemed pretty happy, Andrew. She was
7: pumped. Our whole family was pumped. There was a couple of tears shed, I'll tell you that.
1: What's that like, if you could just explain to us regular people here who never get their name called as the number three overall draft pick at MLB, when you hear that name and you know that, Oh my god, I got a great chance to play major league baseball. Obviously you've thought about this, but then to actually have the moment happen, what 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 would you say?
7: Um yeah, it's just a whole moment of not knowing leading up to it. Um and then just everybody was sitting around hugging on the T V and then when the commissioner came on and said my name, it was I I mean it honestly kind of just blurred together. I just stood up and hugged all my family members and my girlfriend and it was just an unbelievable moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're on the street as you enjoy fishing, Andrew.
7: I am actually up at my grandparents doing that right now. I just spent like 12 <laughs> hours in the water yesterday.
1: Biggest fish you've ever caught?
7: Biggest fish, um, like a 35-pound king salmon.
1: Oh my God! You do that all by yourself?
7: Um, well, I reeled it in. We went out with uh, it was actually my dad's high school football coach—and uh, he had a sweet boat out there. And we were using downriggers, and it went off, and I grabbed it, and it fought for, like, 30 minutes.
1: So you sound like a California kid through and through. Yeah,
7: yeah you could say that. More northern California. Put it that way.
1: Do, do, you, do you know what you have your in store here for in Chicago? You know it's, like, 40 degrees on opening day? Oh,
7: yeah. It gets cold where I'm at. the warmest place. I promise you that.
1: Have you seen the movie The Graduate?
7: The Graduate? Oh.
1: I don't think I have. <laughs> it's, I, just, I just aged myself, and and I'm sure a bunch of our <laughs> WGN listeners. But uh, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, he's chasing a girl. It's at Cal Berkeley. He doesn't have quite the career path that you have. He's trying to figure it out as a, as a college kid. It's 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 a hell of a film, Andrew. I I highly recommend. Well, I might have to look into it. Yeah, it's it's it, 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 it falls under the the, the, the classic category. Uh, so here, tell me tell me what it was. Uh, like playing in the Cape Cod League for you, using the wood bats and maybe proving to yourself that, okay, I, I can do this with what I'm going to need in the future.
7: Um, yeah, definitely the biggest thing for me with the wood bat was just shortening my swing, and the wood bat's definitely a little heavier than a metal bat, so getting used shit out was kind of nice. Um, you just got to trust your hands and playing in the Cape is unbelievable. You're f- facing the best pitchers on every college team. You're getting every Friday guy coming out the first four innings, and then, and then the next Friday guy, the next four innings, and then you're probably going to get a closer from a Power 5 school coming out. So it's a challenge, and it's really fun. Um, I mean, you're playing on middle school fields. There's nothing like playing in Wareham when the gravel infield turns black when it rains. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting, but it was, it was a lot of fun.
1: When did you? When do you think you knew, I don't know, going to Cal, maybe your freshman year, maybe before that, that you know what? I probably have the talent to play Major League Baseball.
7: Um, I think it was um my freshman summer getting invited to the Team USA. I was just a freshman. That was a, was a pretty great moment.
1: Yeah. Because you know, people will say, well, he's a little undersized for first baseman. He's a right-handed hitting first baseman. But yet he hits the living daylights out of the baseball. So you're not like the prototypical guy. So maybe you were, I don't know, did that contribute to you perhaps just like maybe not knowing as as soon as say the, the the six foot six inch dude who who looks like exactly what you know a major league baseball player in the dream world you know scouts would love
7: yeah I mean definitely puts a little chip on my shoulder just goes to show that I just want to prove people wrong and just go out and do my thing and if you can swing the bat I heard it all the time in high school we had a coach that said if you do that, you can play it don't matter um, and that just kind of stuck with me
1: yeah and so, you've got a seemingly great eye here, Andrew, and you've got power. How do you, how do you balance when you're when you're aggressive and when you're like, you know what, if you want to walk me, I'll let one of my teammates step up and do it?
7: Um, I think I always go up aggressive. That's the biggest thing, just to calm aggressiveness. I mean, if I get my pitch to hit, I'm going to be all over it, but if I don't get a pitch to hit me at bat, I know i got a guy behind me that's going to do some damage, he'll probably get a pitch, because after a walk, the pitcher's obviously going to want to get a perfect strike and go at the guy, so... Um... That's just the biggest thing for me is just being patient and just letting things happen.
1: Uh, who do you maybe pat yourself after, look look up to when you're watching the game?
7: Well, I'm the biggest guy right now would definitely be Posey, just going through college and later in high school just because of the way he goes about his business. He's such a professional. Um, he just does everything right, and then even off the field, he's so special doing the stuff with research for kids with cancer um, and just stuff like that. He really makes me
1: want to be better. Yeah, yeah. Does that make you a Giants fan?
7: Um, growing up, I was a bit of a Giants fan, definitely. Um, but I'm not a huge baseball watcher, to be honest. I'd rather play it.
1: Interesting. But, what what sport do you watch the most? Um, um, if you want me to be honest, it's fishing. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> so you wake up, like, s- Saturday morning, 8 a.m. fishing show?
7: I'd rather go fishing. Uh, Hopefully I'm not watching TV on a Saturday morning.
1: Okay. I've watched fishing, Andrew. Those shows are—I uh, mean, I got some work to do to get to get to the in- where I'm entertained here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah. Is is that, uh, is that maybe from your dad spending time with your pops out on the lake? Where does it come from?
7: Well, yeah, definitely dad and both grandpa grandpas I have. Uh
1: uh-huh. Big fishermen. And you, you after you catch them, do you come home and, and grill them up? Is that the deal?
7: Well, that happens sometimes. Yes, it does. It's- Catch some trout. I definitely do that.
1: Okay. But fast, I won't cook those. That are nasty. Okay. I, you know, as a as a kid, Andres, want to you know be on the level with you here. I, 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 we would go smelt fishing. You know what a smelt is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
6: yeah.
1: <laughs> are you impressed?
6: Oh
7: yeah. I've never caught one actually, but I know what it is.
1: Yeah. There's these. There are these little guys. You just throw a net down there. I think you. Yeah, you, you net yeah. I net them. Yeah.
7: Definitely used a bait that looks like a smelt to catch trout.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> So what's the difference between fly fishing and regular fishing?
7: Fly fishing has a lot more going on and a lot more patience.
1: A lot more patience, huh? So can you tell us your strategy?
7: Um, hmm. When you're fly fishing, you've got to expect less.
1: Okay. So you're going, That's what I tell myself. So it's like going for the big kill.
7: Exactly. Okay. Going for the trophy.
1: So basically you're, you're, you're going up, if we put it in a baseball term, you're going up to the plate, you're down three in the ninth, and you're you're not you're not willing to take a walk, and you're going to try to take the ball of the ballpark at a grand slam, win the game. And 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 sometimes it's going to happen, most times not, but what, that one time when you do it, it's going to be amazing.
7: And it is special. <laughs> see,
1: like it. see, we 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 brought that all around. When White Sox fans get to see Andrew Vaughn on the field, at guaranteed right field, they will see. Um, I'm
7: going to go up there and give him my all. I'm going to take my bats, and hopefully they're all good ones. I mean. I'm... My goal is to be ready every pitch that's coming at me. Um, just want to play exciting. Want to make make the fans happy. Yeah, um, That's the biggest thing, and the wins definitely do that. I mean, also, home runs help that, but you're not going up there trying to do that every time. Um, but hopefully we can uh, put on a good show for them.
1: Did they ask you uh, whether you could play multiple positions? Was that discussed?
7: Yeah, for sure. They definitely asked if I thought I could play, it if I was comfortable there. And I told them, I'll play wherever. I just want to be in the lineup.
1: Have you played any outfield?
7: Um, when I was younger, yeah, I played a little bit of left field.
1: Okay, all right, but you, but you do see yourself as a first baseman.
7: Um, yeah, for the time being. Okay,
1: fair enough. You you ended up in a good spot. And Chicago's a phenomenal city. Do you, do you like pizza? <laughs> oh,
7: do I like pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Have my you, favorite place, my favorite pizza place growing up was actually called Old Chicago Pizza.
1: Is that right? You can ask anybody that. What, what, what do you get on it? Uh, deep dish. What do I get? Sausage, pepperoni. I
7: think, I think.
1: that's it. Oh my God! So you're you're. I mean, you're gonna fit right in here. Oh yes. We we got some. We, I'm gonna make sure I
7: run a little more often if I start eating that pizza
1: all the time. But. Well, right. But everybody you gotta have a cheat day once a week or whatever it is. Come on. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're not playing center field. You're playing first base once a once a <laughs> once a week, and we can have a we can have a, we can have a slice or two. That's I I, sure and, and and by the way, I, I recommend trying them all. People will tell you this is the best, that's the best. You you got you got to figure that out on your own. But, all right. Yeah. So I'll take that to heart, I'll do that. All right, Andrew. Congrats again. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank yous in reverse order to Andrew Vaughn, Christian Leitner, Jasmine Wimbish, Jason Jones, Ethan Blumenthal, and Ashley Young. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe, tell a friend as we continue to try to build the podcast on the mark with Mark Carmen. We come out every Monday afternoon.
3: We'll see you next week.